If you have a Bible, you can open to Isaiah's prophecy, chapter 9. We'll look at verses 2 and 6 and 7. There's a lot of of people who celebrate traditions of some sort or another, especially true around uh, the holidays, any, any of the holidays throughout the year, but especially what we usually refer to as the holiday season which is now, uh, Christmas might be the biggest time of year for observing traditions in our culture. Every family has traditions, and uh, Christmas time is a big time for all the families, all the uh, people in, the, in our culture to celebrate with traditions. So many people, uh, inside and outside the church. Christmas is a Christian holiday, but people inside and outside the church do the same things together as families or communities, <clears throat> we do the same things together every year around this time. Maybe you think it's a bit ridiculous how quickly after Thanksgiving, uh, people start getting ready for Christmas, and all the stores open up with all the lights and the things that you can buy, uh, and people start decorating their homes just right after Thanksgiving dinner, it seems like. But, um, but I kind of like the idea of a season of Advent. It's a, it's a good season for traditions and preparation leading up to the celebration of Christmas. <clears throat> Some of these traditions uh, that, uh, that we have as Christians really are uh, much more widespread in our culture than they are just limited to people in the church celebrating with certain traditions. It seems like everybody decorates with lights, everybody puts a tree in their house, everybody gives gifts to one another, everybody eats grand meals together as well as they're able to anyway. I know lots of people who don't go to church, lots of people who wouldn't say that they're Christians, who do all these things. Uh, around this time of year. <clears throat> and all of these things, lights and trees and gifts and meals, feasts, um, all of these things contribute to a warm, bright feeling in the middle of a, a cold, dark season in the Northern Hemisphere anyway. I'm not sure what it's like to celebrate Christmas in Australia on the beach, surfing with shorts on or whatever. <clears throat> um, but children especially love the traditions, don't you, kids? You, you love the traditions. Uh, G.K. Chesterton said in his book, Orthodoxy, um, because children have abounding vitality, they are in spirit fierce and free. They want things repeated and unchanged. They always say, do it again. And the grown-up person does it again until he is nearly dead. <clears throat> and, uh, but there's something good about uh, these good traditions, these good traditions that we can just repeat the same thing, do it again and again. This can help us learn about the gospel. It can help us grow in our relationship with God. When we're driving around um, at nighttime during this season, uh, all of us in the car together, the kids will cry out, look, it's Christmas over here. Look, now it's Christmas on your side over there. And they're seeing the lights, right? The lights you're seeing houses decorated with lights, and they associate it with Christmas, which means, really, they're associating with the incarnation of Jesus Christ. They're seeing the neighborhood lit up by lights, and they're thinking about Christ. Maybe all the neighbors lighting up their homes are Christians, but I think not. But these Christmas traditions arose from the scriptures. They especially arise 
from the true story of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, come into the world as a human being, which is the point of all the scriptures. So this Advent season, uh, we're going to have a sermon series. We're going to take a look at the biblical roots and the gospel themes connected with these traditions, the lights and the trees and the gifts and the feasts, starting this morning with lights. So uh, we'll read from Isaiah 9. Let me pray first. Father, we pray that you would reveal yourself to us now as we consider your word. This word that was written long before you sent your son Jesus into the world. And here we are long after you sent your son Jesus into the world. We know that this passage, all the passages in scripture, everything in the whole world, our lives are about Jesus. So we pray that you would make him known to us for our relationship with you this morning. We pray in his name. Amen. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We're talking about light. That's where this passage starts. Uh, with the idea of light. Light is um, it's foundational to reality. Maybe you haven't thought of it that way. Uh, without light, I'm not sure we'd have much reality at all in the whole universe. Reality wouldn't be what it is right now, anyway. Without light, our reality wouldn't be. Light is the first thing that God spoke into being at creation. Light is so important to our lives uh, it's, it's everywhere, and we're always interacting with it, but we probably take it for granted most of the time. But by light, we can see. By light, we can learn about the world around us. It's much more difficult to interact with the world around us without light. I mean, simple things like walking, just simple navigation, those are difficult to do without light. And especially more complex things like science, maybe even impossible to do without light. Light plays beautifully off of things. Light dances through things to our pleasure, just for the simple enjoyment of it. And we play with light in our visual arts, especially with the use of colors. Children love to color. Adults love to color, paint. Light gives us a sense of comfort. Imagine a light shining in the darkness. It gives us a sense of comfort and security and so on. Light is good. It's all around us. We're interacting with it, using it all the time for good. Sometimes it can be overwhelming, even painfully so, like when uh, you're sleeping in the middle of the night and someone comes in and flicks on the light, or when you stare too long at a light that's too bright for your eyes, like the sun, or when light gets focused into a, a laser beam. It's just light. But it's a lot of it in a little tiny space, and it'll burn through sheets of steel 
And light uncomfortably exposes things that prefer to just lurk around in the dark. But generally, people would say light is a good thing. Comfort and joy. Because light is so good, and recognized as such by everyone, it's a symbol that's been used throughout the history of the world, in every corner of the world, to communicate the idea of the goodness of knowledge in particular. That's, that's the, the symbolic usage of light has been associated with knowledge for a long, long time by all kinds of people. It's good to be illuminated. It's good to be enlightened. It's not good to stumble in the darkness of ignorance. That's a universal metaphor for knowledge for wisdom, wisdom for living. The Bible says that the most important knowledge, the most important wisdom that we need is to know how to live with God. Spiritual knowledge. It isn't just abstract information for your intellect, like knowing a bunch of data, knowing a bunch of facts. It's relational knowledge. That's the most important kind of knowledge. That's the most important kind of light and enlightenment that we can have. It's relational knowledge, knowing God for your life with Him, for your relationship. And the Bible says that until God comes and makes Himself known, until God gives light, is how it's put in the Scriptures so many times, because of our sin, we're all, in, uh, we're all in the dark. We're all in the dark apart from God. We don't know Him spiritually. We don't know Him relationally. We don't live with Him. We have no light apart from Him. Before God spoke into His creation and said, let there be light, in the beginning of Genesis, before He did that, it says that everything was formless and void, shapeless, uh, unformed, and empty. The world in darkness before light is in a state of chaos and nothingness. There's no order. There's no beauty. There's no fulfillment and satisfaction. It's devoid of comfort and joy. Apart from God, apart from His work, apart from His light, apart from His making Himself known to us, our lives are in a state of chaos and nothingness, unformed and empty. If you look out on the world at night, which is uh, it's actually hard to do now, but if you can look out on the world at night without any lights at all, no warm lights of civilization, maybe it's a cloudy night, so there's no moonlight, no starlight, you see nothing. Nothing at all. Not even your hand in front of your face. And that's not a comforting thought to anybody. Being lost in the dark is not a comforting thought to anybody. It's terrifying. In spiritual darkness, scriptures describe spiritual darkness, it's worse than the long, cold nights of the winter. Spiritual darkness is deep and inky and perpetual nothingness. Living without the knowledge of God. So life apart from God is a life just going from fear to fear. From panic to dread, and we have nothing to do but try to learn to live with all the fears and and probably just should suppress 
all the fears. Living in the dark apart from God. The fear of losing everything. The anxiety about the ultimate meaninglessness of life. Despairing of true hope. Despairing of true love. Fear of death. Fear of what comes after death. It's probably best just to squeeze our eyes shut and pretend that we're not lost in the dark. Just pretend. Try to, try to deny the fact that we're lost in the dark. Apart from God, our, our passage says, people walk in darkness, they dwell in a land of deep darkness. But with the advent, which means the coming, with the advent of the Lord Jesus Christ into the world, then it comes true that it says, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. All the scriptures that had foretold the coming of God's Christ, like this one written 700 years or so uh, before the coming of Christ into the world, all these scriptures were like the first cracks of light, the first little glimpses of light breaking into the darkness, telling that there was a full brightness just on the other side of the horizon, and it's coming. Isaiah 42 and Isaiah 49, talking about the Christ, the Messiah. He would be a light for the nations. Not just for the people of Israel, to whom these passages were originally written, but for the nations. The Christ would be a light for the whole world. The prophecies made it clear for hundreds of years before His coming that actually it's not just a mere man who's going to come into the world and be this Messiah, be this Christ, be this light of the world. God Himself would be the light that this dark world needs. Isaiah 60, a little later in the same prophecy, it it says, Yahweh, this God, the one true God, will arise upon you like, like the dawn. Yahweh will be your everlasting light. And then He came. He came, the one who is both God and Christ. God in the flesh. And he came and he said things like our, our gospel reading that Shirley read from John 8. He said things like, I am the light of the world. The one who's been promised to come for centuries. I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So whoever follows Jesus emerges. Emerges from the chaos and the nothingness and the ignorance and the fear that characterize life apart from God. If you follow Jesus, you emerge from that life apart from God. And you have the light of life. That's true life. That's eternal life with God. Spiritual knowledge of God who's made himself known for relationship. You have that. If you follow Jesus, who's the light of the world. And that means that you can stop squeezing your eyes shut in the insane effort to pretend away the dark. It means that the, the fear of losing everything and angst about ultimate meaninglessness and the despairing of hope and despairing of love and the fear of death and all, all the panic and the dread and all the fears are gone. Because now you know the God of love who says that perfect love like his 
casts out all fears. Perfect light, like his, drives away all the darkness. Jesus Christ, the light of the world, means comfort and joy. After the world has dwelt for long ages in the dark, this light, Jesus Christ, is foundational to all our reality. Our reality wouldn't be what it is without this light. This light, Jesus Christ, is central to our lives. We need him every moment, more than we need visible light. By him, we can see everything anew that we couldn't see before. In him is all good order and beauty and fullness and satisfaction. So we rejoice, which is what it says in our passage. Uh, We skipped over it. It's in verse 3. We rejoice because to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulder. Not just the government of the United States of America or the government of some earthly nation. The government of all the world, the government of the kingdom of God shall be on his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, And of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. Jesus, because to us, this child is born. To us, this son is given. This light come into the world. Jesus is the only one who makes all things right. He's the only one who will make all things right forever. He's the only one whose light shines into the darkness and cannot be overcome by the darkness. Jesus is God the Son himself. He's God. And Jesus is the Christ. He's the promised human king to rule in the line of David. Jesus is Emmanuel. That means he's God with us. He's both God and man. That means he is heaven itself. He's God together with man forever in one person. Jesus is heaven. God with man. God with us in one person. And Christmas is a celebration of this. The celebration of the incarnation, he's God come in the flesh. It's because Jesus is who he is as both God and man in one person that he is the light that we need. He's the knowledge and wisdom that we need for our life with God. He is God, and when you're with him, you're with God. And he's a human being living with God. He makes God known to us, and he makes man's life with God known to us. In him we see light, all the light that we need to step out of the darkness. Whoever follows him will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So you ask questions like, what is life about? Big questions. What should I do with my life? What am I doing as I live in relationship with God and with others? What should that look like? What should I be doing? How can I do what I should be doing in my life with God and with others? What true hope is there 
true love is there? What does death mean? What comes after that? The one who looks to Jesus, who trusts and follows Jesus, will see Jesus himself at the heart of the answers to all these questions, questions like these ones. Indeed, you'll see these questions in an entirely new light. Before you walk in the light of Jesus Christ, you ask the question, what does death mean? And then you're walking in the light of Jesus Christ, and you ask that question, it means something totally different. You want the comfort and the joy of knowing God and living with Him? God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, the light of the world, for that very reason. It says in our passage, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. God is zealous for everyone in this dark world to know him in Jesus Christ. So Christmas lights set up around our neighborhoods, in our homes, radiating in the night. It's a beautiful picture. It's a beautiful picture of his light because they shine like beacons of celebration and hope. And they beckon you to come in out of the darkness. Here, you can find refuge here from the darkness. And it's just pleasant to gaze upon them and to find yourself cheered. There is only such a thing as good cheer at all because Jesus Christ came into the world to light our way home to life with God. So let me extend that quote from Chesterton that I read earlier. Because children have abounding vitality, They're in spirit fierce and free. They want things repeated and unchanged. They always say, do it again. And the grown-up person does it again until he's nearly dead. For grown-up people are not strong enough to exult in monotony. But God is strong enough to exult in monotony. It is possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun. And every evening, do it again to the moon. The zeal of the Lord of hosts compels you. Do it again. Put up Christmas lights. Light the Advent candles. Remember Jesus Christ, the light of the world, again and again. Every time you enjoy those lights, think of how God made himself known to you in Christ when you were dwelling in a land of deep darkness. Delight yourself in the warmth of his beauty and beckon others. Come in out of the darkness and to join you in his light by proclaiming the life of God with man in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for sending your Son into the world so that we could know you, so that we could know what it means for a human being to live in relationship with you. It means a lot that we have not talked about today. We pray that this light would shine in our hearts now and forever that you would give us increasing light, that you would illuminate us through the power of your Holy Spirit to be able to see you in the face of Jesus Christ who has lit up the world with his goodness, his presence, his love, his sacrifice, his glory. We pray that uh, through this season and forevermore we would be fixed on the light of the world, Jesus Christ. We would follow him and walk not, uh, not walk in darkness, but have the true light of life. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.